I've been given everything in this life. I've been, man, you name it. Like, I'm so good in so many levels. And I just want to dedicate the rest of my time on this planet to try and, like, saving it for the next generation. So this is all I'm going to do. Anin, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Native Lights is a place for Native folks to talk about our gifts and how we share them with our communities. It has a Minnesota focus, and we talk about a lot of things. A wide range of issues with a wide range of perspectives, all while sticking to the core conversation about purpose in our lives. So, Cole... Another conversation today. Always look f- looking forward to them. Looking forward to seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? Very good. Very good. It's kind of like, you know, a hopeful period right now. There's uh, talks of, you know, powwows happening in mm-hmm. the summer. So I'm excited about that. Started running again. Uh, that's wow. been a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> no complaints. How about you? How are you doing? I'm good. I have not started running uh, <laughs> I want to. That would be fun. Um, I have uh, been walking with intentions to jog, but <laughs> just trying to, I don't know, stay focused during the spring months because, you know, when whenever the weather gets slightly warm, <sighs> I just want to go outside and play. So. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, Cole, I, you know, I was going to ask you last time, but I knew better. So I'm going to ask you this time, have you started watching Rutherford Falls? (laughs) (laughs) I actually have. Um, I did realize that I needed to watch it not long before um, our recording right now. So I got in a little bit of time, (laughs) Um, but I like what I'm seeing so far. It's got a, it's got a nice clean look. Uh, I like this main character, uh, Regan. Regan. Yeah. Yeah. I like the main character, Regan, uh, you know, working at that struggling cultural center in the casino. Played by Jana Schmeeding. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and for those who don't know, Rutherford Falls is a Peacock original, and it's about a small town called Rutherford Falls. And guess what? Native folks live there. And then there's, of course, the old legacy family, the Rutherfords, who quote-unquote started the town. Um, and it all kind of comes together uh, over the moving of a statue that's supposed to signify the creation of the town. So that's sort of the starting point of the show. It's really interesting to see the tensions between the city and the tribal community and all, and the friendships too. So, And I also like those, um, those two casino workers that, you know, just give her grief every now and then, you know, they rib on her a little bit every now and then. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of those characters played by Bobby Wilson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember Cole, but you and I and our brother Bryce did America's Indian American Indians Got Talent several million years ago on the cultural <laughs> corridor there on Franklin. Yeah, I knew he looked familiar. I was wondering where and I saw him. He beat us. <laughs> <laughs> he told us uh, some uh some stories and in, in kind of his style, that comedian style. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. We were beaten out by Bobby Wilson and one other group. We got third place. It was then. a good competition. It was a good competition. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's it's a good show, Rutherford yeah, Falls. Yeah. I, I I look forward to uh, you know seeing more of that and that classic tension between you know what Americans view as legacy and history and kind of how that conflicts with native history and stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Very good. Well, I mean, it it really um, it really dovetails our conversation we had last week about the history of the country. And how there's plenty of history here before uh, anybody came yeah. over to set foot and uh, some flag down from across the, the big water <laughs> <laughs> from across the ocean. Yeah. So it's it's a re- really refreshing show. So much humor in it. Uh, little in-jokes. And the beating is exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. yeah, it, it's really nice to have a program with, you know, actual... You know, native actors that we recognize yeah. and writers and show like a showrunner, I think, too, was native as well. Yeah, a lot of, you know, input coming from from indigenous sources. So I like that. Yeah. Make sure to watch the rest, Cole. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, it, it helps, you know, lead the way for more of these types of shows, because obviously there's a lot of stories that need to be told and it can be told in a comedic way. You know, all, all that all that jazz. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, Cole, I'm going to do my best to segue here into what we're going to actually be talking mm-hmm. about today with our guest. Uh, today, we're talking with someone who's found his purpose through communication, cooperation, and collaboration, spreading the word and excitement for renewable energy. Nice. Today, we're talking to Robert Blake from the Red Lake Nation. Robert Blake is the owner of Solar Bear, which is a solar installation company located in Minneapolis, and he's the executive director of Native Sun Community Power Development, which is a nonprofit also located in Minneapolis. And I've talked with him several times before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had him on Minnesota Native News years ago talking about renewable energy, and he gave me some great tips on how to keep my energy uses as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a little while, but he is super fun to talk to, um, and you can tell that he really cares a lot about energy. So, without further ado, Robert Blake from Red Lake. Hey, Boujou, Robert. Boujou. Hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm, I have just been doing meeting after meeting after <laughs> meeting today. <laughs> well, do you need to take a breather? <laughs> <laughs> So much happening, everyone, around um, renewable energy. It's the the country's going crazy over, <laughs> over what Joe Biden is planning, and and uh, and and especially what for for Native country, man. This is like exciting. Like you guys don't know. Like I've been screaming this for five years. Like, <laughs> and Leah was one of the first people to like pick up on what I was saying. Like she was like, <laughs> "This dude's talking." Good job, something. Leah. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to dig into it because that's why we're here. And I'm so happy to hear your energy already <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> so, okay. You went, you came, you came at us kind of out of the gate already, like talking about um, Indian country and renewable energy. Um, what are you seeing right now when it comes to renewable energy in Indian country? It's exciting. Uh, Deb Holland as the Department of the Interior uh, Secretary, she is all about the environment. And, you know, you are, everyone is going to see a lot of development around specifically renewable energy, mm-hmm. right? 
you're going to, everyone's going to see this happening in native country. And so that's, what's really exciting. Mm -hmm. Second thing, Walia Johns is from the um, Navajo tribe and she is a part uh, she's a head of the the department of energy's native native side. And and so she's going to, she is like mad into solar. She's crazy solar. And so I'm so excited for her to be there uh, because she is totally thinks like what I'm thinking. Right. And um, the other thing is, is we've got some really good local people from the Twin Cities here that are in the Biden administration. Cecilia Martinez from the Energy, from the Earth and Energy of Democracy, and uh, well, she used to be there, but now she's in the government. Um, and then Amy Whitteman, who used to run the McKnight Foundation, is now the uh, Intergovernmental Secretary under the Department of Energy Secretary Intergovernmental Affairs uh, person, and she's going to be the person that is basically between the tribes and the, and the federal and the feds. Mm -hmm. And she is like awesome. And she's a huge Bob Blake fan, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) she's like one of my biggest fans and she's in there. So I'm so excited because she knows like, this is very important. And there's a lot of aspects of this, why tribal nations need to do this work. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go out of limb here right now and say this on this podcast, but I believe that tribal nations could save this world. And, and, and I know that that sounds crazy, but I believe that they can save the planet. And, and that's why this is so, so important. Well, tell us more about saving the planet. Um, I know there's, there's so much tribal wisdom, tribal knowledge, um, and, and these ways of, um, you know, looking out for our people. Can you talk a little bit about how that applies to renewable energy? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it all starts with like policy. And so the big part here is that tribal nations have this unique relationship with the United States government. We're the only people that have this distinction, you know, uh, of our own nation within a nation status, right? That right there is really important. And mm-hmm. I think that speaks to a much bigger issue in, in that, you know, I, I personally believe that the framers of the Constitution, you know, left tribal nations sovereign for this very reason. Because I think they knew that a corporate oligarchy was going to try and take over this government one day, like you're seeing now, right? And you've seen why tribal nations are so important because, you know, if you look at that that ruling down in Oklahoma that, that Gorsuch was like the deciding vote on, right? Like he ruled that treaty rights are the supreme law of the land, Right. Like that's Mm -hmm. key. And what tribal nations can do is they can lead in this direction to a renewable energy future because the the, the utilities, right, like Excel, Minnesota Power, these big utilities who got all this money, right, they're not going to stop burning coal, everyone. They have a 30 year coal contract. Tribal nations don't have that, you know, and you have to think about, like, who do the tribal nations answer to? to the community, to their people. Investor-owned utilities answer to the investors. You see what I mean? So when I say, when I talk about renewable energy as a game changer, and it is turning this big Goliath of a monster, the energy sector, on its back, it's the truth. Because it it, it is a disruptive technology. And that's exactly what's going to be happening here. And that's why we have to create tribal utilities. And that's why what... Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar is pushing the new Green Deal, 
Remember, in the green, in the New Deal, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, right? He created electric co-ops in rural areas across this country. Why don't we create tribal nation energy co-ops? You know, you see what I'm saying on this new Green Deal. The second thing about this is I would like reservations, tribal reservations, to be classified as renewable energy zones. Res, R-E-Z, renewable energy uh, zones. Love it. That way they get status and, they, and they're able to go ahead and use new technology, heat source air pumps, time of use meters, things that the other electric companies are not going to use right away because why? They save money. They're, they're going to drag their feet. Us, we can go farther, further, faster, and quicker than anybody else. And we then can take market share, everyone. We can then take market share away from these guys. And then they'll get the picture. Once they start looking at their bottom line and they see how they're losing market share to tribal reservations and their their tribal energy co-ops, then they're going to sit there and say to themselves, okay, we need to do what those guys are doing. That's why this is really important. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're hearing from Bob Blake, Red Lake citizen and renewable energy advocate and professional. What sparked your curiosity and passion for renewable energy? My brother died about 10 years ago, and I became the surrogate father to his kids. And um, I just wanted to do something tangible for them, you know. and I felt like I had to be like a good role model. I had to grow up. I basically had to grow up. I, uh, you know, just wanted to uh, do something, you know, I want to do something for them. Um, I this, this overwhelming of like unconditional love came over me. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought to myself, I can solve the climate crisis for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, I'll just, you know, put some solar up. And, <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> you know, I mean, but I didn't realize like how complicated the, 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 the problem was like, I didn't realize like, you know, like what this was all about. And so, um, it just led me into all these other aspects. And now I can't stop. I just love what I do. Um, I probably work some, a friend of mine said, haven't you heard of the 80 hour week? Because they, she said, I work over 80 hours a week. (laughs) I don't, I don't uh, stop at 80 hours. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, but I, you know, this is just, I, I, there's also that saying of like, when you love something that you really love to do that you'll never have to work a day in your life. And that's exactly what I do. I, I do what I love to do. Um, this is all I ever want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So turning the spotlight just a little bit, it's been an interesting year, of course. Um, my kid is Seven, and he's becoming just like a little more aware of things, how things work. And he came to me and was really, really concerned about the environment. And I was like, cool, let's talk about this. You know, so we'd have like a nice conversation. And and then over time, it's like you could tell there was more anxiety in him. Like, and he said something to me the other day that I'm like, he said he wishes he was born earlier so he could live a full life because he's worried that the world won't be here to live a full life. What do you see as far as the youth coming up and um, what you're seeing as far as traction on renewable energy uh, in the next generations? 
So one thing that, you know, I'm just like, I get so much excitement about, right, Mm -hmm. is the Solar Cup program that, you know, Mm. I've been working on for like the last couple of years. And, you know, imagine uh, a Berenstein bear family, right? But this is the solar bear family. They're all a bunch of bears and they wear sunglasses. And what they do is they teach STEM. They teach STEAM. The, the angle here is that they also teach culture and language. So they're also teaching you know, Ojibwe language and they're also teaching culture and, and, and do this. And the bears are basically faced with this problem because their, their home is melting. And so they come down from the North Pole and they come into a, a village and uh, something similar to Red Lake, Leech Lake, Boise Fort, whatever. And, and, they, and they make friends with the locals, uh, with, with the local kids. And um, they talk about how they're going to change the planet. And, mm. and this is what's really exciting to me because I believe that we really need to plant these seeds early with our kids and give them the tools that they're going to need to fight the climate crisis. Because what I'm scared for is that they're going to grow up in the world where they're not going to have the tools to do this and they're going to feel like they're powerless. And yet they have all the power in the world to change the planet. And so that's why I'm so excited about the Solar Cup story and the Solar Cup uh, I, curriculum uh, that we'll be piloting first in Red, the Red Lake School District this year um, is all the uh, is is just that opportunity of really reaching them and showing them that they have the power within themselves to 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 take it to to take control of this uh, crisis that we adults are leaving them. We adults are leaving them this problem, and it is the it is the most wrong is is on wrong on so many levels, you know. And so um, this is my hope, and this is my future. And I think that no matter how many solar projects I do, how many people I put to work that come out of prison, how many you know like policy things I do, probably right, just all the stuff that I'm currently doing right now. My biggest contribution is going to be the Solar Cup program. I really do truly mm-hmm. believe that in my heart because the kids are the future. And so that's what I'm really excited about. And, um, you know, I've also had actually other people come up to me and say, hey, can the bear speak Dakota? Can they speak Ho-Chunk? Can they? I had one people, I had this one lady come, can the bear speak Spanish? You know, and, <laughs> and, and it's so exciting because the bears can speak whatever you want them to do. They just have to translate it to, to, to for your community. But that's how far reaching the bears can reach, right? So the, I, I just, you know. That hurts my heart to know and to hear that story about your uh, child and and saying that. And I mean, that's why, like, I've just say to myself, like, I've been given everything in this life. I've been, mm-hmm. man, you name it. Like, I'm so good in so many levels. And mm-hmm. I just want to dedicate the rest of my time on this planet to try and, like, save it for the next generation. So this is all I'm going to do. And just let, you know, your child know that, like there's people out here like fighting for them, like just, and we're not going to take, no, we're not going to take an answer. You know, we're not going to let the, the fossil fuel companies and the, the crooked bankers and <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they're not stopping us because this is greater than them. This is greater than them. This is greater than them. This is good. This is about the, this is about the world. And, you know, we believe it. We believe in what we're doing. That's what makes us different than the, pencil pushers at the corporations you know what i mean like that's what makes us so different than them but with that we believe in what we're doing and our will is gonna is gonna we're gonna out will them basically what it is Mm. Mm -hmm. 
<sighs> well, it that makes me feel really good. <laughs> it's it's so comforting to know that there's so many passionate people out there. Yeah. Um, when we're talking about renewable energy, um, there's a lot of talk about things around solar. I was curious about, you know, your vision or what you see tribal nations, you know, implementing to become energy dependent. Is it all solar? Is there other things involved? I'm just curious of your, you know, your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, that's going to be dependent on the community itself. But what you're going to do is you're going to start out with a thing called the Energy Vision Advisory Committee, EVAC. That's what you're going to want to do an energy vision advisory committee. Each and every entire tribe is going to need to do this. And it's going to have to be made up of community members because you want, you know, you want the, the community to plan this out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's Peggy Flanagan, right? Nothing, nothing about us without that's us. Right. right. I love that saying, mm-hmm. because that's the truth. It's nothing about us without us. And so that's why you really want the tribes to be able to have their own community members plan this out. Right. I can go get the money. For the tribes, I can show someone in your tribe to how to go get the money. I can, I can put the whole thing together for you. I can show you how to put the whole thing together for you, but I can't plan it for your community because I don't live in your community. You see what I mean? So, like, you need you need an energy vision advisory committee, and you need the community to really think about this and figure out exactly how do we want to do it. Because every community is going to have different resources that they're going to be able to draw from, so that they can be successful. Wind, hydro, solar—you know, there could be natural gas. I mean, there's just so many different types of things that can be happening here, um, and so they're going to have to really put their heads together. I was talking to the Rocky Boy Montana tribe and we were talking about exactly how they wanted to try this out. They've got natural gas, you know, so let's let's make that a part of their process. They also have a, the availability of hydropower. Let's put some hydro in there. Let's put some solar. They've got a great wind current. Let's put some wind in there, right? So that's going to be a makeup of a lot of different things. But um, these are jobs, people. These are good paying jobs. Linemen make about $100,000 a year. Um, electricians make $100,000 a year. Um, and, and, and I want everyone to understand, too, that as you get these new jobs in the community, right, it's going to require a level of education to do these jobs, right? So the key here is that the more education you can introduce into any type of community, you know what happens? The better analytical skills, your analytical skills get sharpened, the better decision-making happens. It's a ripple effect, right? It's a ripple effect. That's what we're trying to do here too. So I tell everybody all the time, what I'm trying to do is take a community, move it in one direction, right? Now, people think I sound like PJ Fleck of the Minnesota Gophers, right? The, The football coach, and I talk like this, but I'm not trying to sound like him. But what I'm trying to say is that if I get the entire community moving in one direction, right? What I'm hoping for is then that the disparities that are plaguing said community start to fall to the wayside. And if it can work in a community like Red Lake, right, then it can work everywhere. And this is what I'm going to do my PhD work on because I want to be able to, through through quantitative and qualitative data, prove that this is possible, right? And then if this is possible, then I can show the lawmakers and the lawmakers will sit there and say, damn, well, if it can work there, it should be able to work here. You know what I'm saying? So that's the idea behind all this. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're talking with Bob Blake, Red Lake citizen and renewable energy professional and advocate. 
Cool. So say that I'm like fresh out of high school or fresh out of, um, you know, a community college or college or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I want to get on this renewable energy thing. Uh, what would you recommend uh, our young folks and curious folks and even the older folks who might be interested in career change, perhaps? What would you recommend? So I talk to a lot of, I get asked to do a lot of uh, webinars with uh, colleges, universities, high schools. Um, and so I do a lot of talking to the kids and I, younger people. And um, I, I tell them, get into this industry, uh, become an electrician, start becoming a solar, start stalling solar. Um, there's so many different aspects that we need. You know, people just see the solar installer, but there's like 20 people that support that position, right? To get that job off the ground. You need financing, you need sales. Um, for all the displaced workers in the hospitality industry, because United States is a big hospitality industry, like, you know, that's a big thing of our economy. I would say use those skills, those people skills, and jump into sales in solar or jump into sales in renewable energy. Like transfer that. There's so many skills there that are transferable. And so um, yeah, I, I would definitely say just get into the renewable energy industry. And, and that's what I always tell them. Um, start looking at this will be your path. Uh, we're going to electrify the entire country. It's going to take the next 20 years to 30 years to do this. Um, you will have a job. So um, that's what I would tell them to do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, but I was curious if you had any, you know, before we before we end our time, if you had any final thoughts, uh, of, you know, about re renewable energy or anything. Yeah, I would just tell people out there to support, you know, policymakers, your 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 local politicians that support renewable energy, and and I would just say, you know, that for Native people that are listening, we need you guys to run for public office. Like we need you to flip these Senate House seats and these, these, these state rep seats. And um, we need you to jump in. We need you to jump in the game and um, we can make change right there. So that's what I would say to the DFL and to the DNC and everybody. Start investing in tribal reservations, running tribal candidates. That's what we need to do. If you want to save this planet, if self-preservation if self is something you want, you want then that's what we need to do. Well, thank you, Bob Blake. Be great. Yeah, really. You have a lot it. of adventures. <laughs> Thank you for sharing them. <laughs> really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. Gigawaman. Gigawaman. I love the excitement. I love the energy. He's, he's great. For sure. Bob Blake has the energy and is bringing the energy. <laughs> <laughs> brought it. Yes, uh, it's so great to hear. And, you know, I didn't know if I was going to mention my kids' reaction to mm -hmm. climate change, but it just seems like it's so, it weighs heavy on our minds, but also the minds of our children. And yeah. some, sometimes we don't realize it until we have those conversations. So yeah. uh, it's really great to see all the work he's doing and that you know he's very optimistic yeah it sounds like there's plenty of uh positivity and you know renewable energy energy and what it can mean for not only tribal nations but the country in general so i'm 
So uh, thank you to Bob Blake. Mm-hmm. Chimmy Gwaich. Bob Blake is a Red Lake citizen and renewable energy professional and advocate. He's the owner of Solar Bear and is the executive director of Native Sun Community Power Development. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabin. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. 